Measure life not by money, but by time. Because that's what life really is. It is about how you spend the experiences. It is about the moments, the fragments, the long periods that make up your life. And the measure of your life is the improvement it has given to others that it has touched. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Red, and welcome to the Betting on Yourself podcast, where I interview successful entrepreneurs, athletes, and other top performers who rose to the top, took success into their own hands, and bet on themselves. Welcome to a very special edition of Betting on Yourself. I partnered with my friends at Empower Africa for an exclusive podcast as part of their virtual networking event to help drive business and growth in Africa. Today, I'm talking with Harry Tomey Davies, a.k.a. TD, an advisor, author, public speaker, and angel investor. TD mentors entrepreneurs and invests in startups through TBC Labs, a technology business accelerator based in Lagos. He is also the co-founder of the Lagos Angel Network, the founding president of the African Business Angel Network, a board member at MBO Capital, L4L Nigeria, and other various startups in Africa. We talk about his journey, which began over 30 plus years ago with his very first startup, what he sees for business growth in Africa over the next 10 years, the times he bet on himself, and why it's so important to measure your success in life by the improvements you make for others. Here's my conversation with TD. Well, I'll begin um, uh, by thanking everyone again who was involved with empowering Africa, the opportunity to be here and, and to initiate this podcast with uh, one of the, the great leaders uh, in the whole African ecosystem, uh, Tommy Davies. Uh, so I'm privileged and honored to, to hear his story, learn more about what's happening in that region of the world and uh, how to bring awareness uh, for other venture capitalists, other angel investors to get involved. Um, and what's happening in that part of the world. So without further ado, I want to introduce himself, Mr. Tony Davies, a.k.a. T.D. How are you doing, sir? I'm exceedingly well, thank you. Great to see you, my friend. Great to see Great you. Great to see you. Yeah, yeah. We had the privilege of uh, meeting you the other day and uh, hearing a little bit more and more about your story. I want to... I wanna, kind of start this conversation off with uh, the theme of the show, and which is all about betting on yourself. And I want to ask you, what, is that, what has it meant for you to bet on yourself over the years? Ooh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. <laughs> <laughs> the honest truth, betting on myself um, is actually betting on God Almighty. Um, because... It is from him I draw all strength. Yeah. Um, everything I do, my, my whole being, you know, I am just an expression of God. That is how I, I, I perceive myself. So um, I've at a stage in life where um, I have come to recognize that um, all the achievements have been incremental and in a particular direction, not by, by my doing. But, you know, um, by his. Um, and 
everybody that knows me knows that, but and it's not about being religious either. So my apologies to those who, you know, I were paying hallelujahs right now. I'm sorry, that's not what I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about. It's powerful. Um, and we, me and you have that aligned with our, our, our core values. Um, can you think back to a moment that you took a major bet on yourself, obviously being a man of faith? What was there a moment, even as a teenager or as a young man, that you made a major risk on you? Hmm. Well, this is a story I don't think I've ever told, actually. Uh, so even my kids don't know this. Um, but um, I, I had been told by my dad that, you know, he was no longer going to fund fund me because I had decided I wanted to study in the United States. And as far as he was concerned, the United Kingdom, which is where I now live, funnily enough, was sort of what was a better. Mm. So um, I actually managed to get an aunt of mine to buy me a ticket. And a girlfriend's dad gave me the cash. And I went ahead and I did graduate from the University of Miami. So, but it wasn't easy. I, you know, there was a time I was doing three jobs. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. And, and actually using that to pay school fees. And, um, you know, I had to go through junior college and uh, finally, finally met a professor called uh, Lionel Howard who decided that um, I had enough brains to be a programmer, you know, and when I went through all his courses in programming, including summer school, he managed to get me uh, a scholarship into University of Miami. So that, that was a self bet. Wow. Um, how'd you feel? What was your emotions during that time? Because I'm sure you use a lot of what you've gone through life to kind of give advice and inspire other founders and entrepreneurs. Tell me about that moment emotionally when you decided to say, hey, I'm going to take the risk. I have no contingency plan. I have no plan B. Talk about that emotional bandwidth. Well, some call it hitting rock bottom. Yeah. Um, out of, or, or what have you. But it's, it's just when you come to the realization that, hang on, I'm still breathing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Dude, you're still alive. <laughs> um, and sort of getting to see yourself, failings and all, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's that that I call it nakedness. I don't mean it in the rude, you know, lewd way, but where you see yourself naked, you know. Yeah. Uh, dude ain't got chat. Yeah. You know, um, but then you, you awaken to the inside, you awaken to yourself, to the fact that, wait, hang on, you know, I can walk, I can talk, I can communicate. I have internal unexpressed resources and God has a plan. Yeah. Simple. I love it. I'm right there with you. Um, so people know you uh, as a leader, a father uh, in the country when it comes to investing in the whole ecosystem. 
where does passion come from to, to really get into entrepreneurship and get into the startup world? And where did that whole passion come from? Well, it's, it's from these untold stories yeah. um, that I just shared with you uh, because I, I honestly believe, okay, that the future of Africa is being built by these young entrepreneurs that have aha moments with technology and use it to solve, you know, problems that, you know, I, you know, we take for granted sometimes, but are actually significant enough to have an impact. Um, and anybody, and I mean quite literally you, me, anybody that actually supports that cause, okay, will get two benefits, okay? The first is the most important, which is the impact we will have on building okay, the generations of Africans to come. That's our most youthful continent on the planet. It has the most promise in terms of geography, and boy, does it have the people. So it's, it's sort of, that's the first reward, is the impact on the 1.3 billion people mm. on that continent in 55 countries. Uh, the second, of course, is financial. I mean, this is not, <laughs> I ain't talking charity, guys. <laughs> we making money, all right? Let me give you an example, all right? <laughs> Just last month, Stripe decided to acquire Paystack. Paystack was in 2015. Uh, Shala and Ezra came out. And in October, Stripe acquired that company for $200 million, validating, okay, our whole ecosystem through that particular uh, move. So it's also about a decent return, okay, on decent money, both operative, decent return, but on decent money too. I think you just made the case, the case why we should bet on Africa. Um, and and I'm, I'm learning and growing um, in my increased knowledge of, of what's happening over there. Um, in these times, what's your advice to a first-time angel investor over there on the continent? Well, find yourself a group, okay? I don't care if it's a syndicate or a network, find yourself a group. And make sure there's at least five of you. Not two, not three, make sure there's five of you. Once there's that number, then reality sets in. Mm -hmm. And you guys will fashion out a thesis that says, this is why we're doing this and this is what we want to do. Um, for us, uh, when we did it in, in Lagos, we came together because first, uh, we all wanted to get back to Lagos and we still are, you know, um, on Friday, I'm keynoting at the Art of Technology for Lagos um, as we start to look at smart cities, for example. So that was sort of our first reason for coming together. Uh, the second reason was we all had experience and expertise that we wanted to continue to fine tune. The only reason I'm still coding today is because I engage uh, with the developer community. So that, that was sort of the second. The third, okay, was to have fun, okay, to really, you know, you see me smiling all the time. I just finished a conversation with the founder of Kaba and 
you know, what's his challenge? Apart from talent, all of them have talent challenges, but he's trying to find debt finance at less than two and a half percent. Now, that's an interesting challenge. Okay, so that's the third thing. Okay, is have fun. And the final, of course, is make money. Yeah. So we're not a charity. Right. Okay, I want a return on anything I give you, and I will give, but I want a return. Um, that was the fourth reason. So make sure you know why you guys are coming as a group of five or more, okay, and then go hunting. There's a lot of amazing young talent out there building the future of the continent. I totally agree with you about making money. I, I often um, share with young entrepreneurs and founders that um, don't glory in raising money. Hmm. Uh, to make money. Um, that's, that's to your point. I, I agree with you on that. Hmm. So, so CIO, Green Tech Partners, Capital Partners, 50 angel networks across the continent of Africa in 33 countries, I believe. Hmm. Tell me about your very first investment and how that was. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's a doozy. <laughs> uh, now, I didn't know it was called angel investing, but uh, in my previous life, I had uh, worked as the head of research in IT for Marks and Spencer. And in building at their very first website, I met this South African guy. Um, and what happened was, I don't know if, how much you guys know about the history of Africa, but Mandela went to South Africa and Obasanjo went to Nigeria, just, you know, about a year of each other. And what that meant was Oliver, which is this, my friend went to South Africa and I went, you know, I headed into Nigeria. He comes up with the idea saying, hey, dude, you know, we're going to do a comic. Um, I says, okay, sounds good. And it says, well, we want to put all these African heroes in it. And what's going to happen is you got, you know, West Africa. So you've got to do the Alafio Voyeur, Mansa Musa and some of our heroes, etc. Cut the long story short. Uh, by the time I end up in Cape Town, it's changed. We've changed. We managed to change it to a soccer comic, and that was my first angel investment. Was in a soccer comic. Wow. Uh, that was a comic book. We started delivering. I remember the first hundred thousand copies. Then it became two hundred. Then we went to half a million. Then we started. We got into seventeen countries, and then Media Twenty Four came calling. That was when I knew there was something called a partial exit. You know, I put in, I think I put in five grand and I walked away with quarter of a million dollars and I'm looking like, guys, and I still got some of that. Man, give me more of this. Wow. <laughs> well, the story doesn't end there. Okay. So what happens next? Well, uh, Ollie had started uh, the company on um, animation. So they blew animation away. Uh, became the YouTube destination of choice, you know, millions of uh, subscribers. Uh, fast forward, earlier this year, they got bought by Disney India. Wow. Okay, so um, that was the first and still the best. Wow. With all of the success that you've had in Africa, what is still, in your opinion, missing with the Angel uh, Network as far as the VC ecosystem uh, angel in, uh, investing in ecosystem knowledge. People just don't. People just don't get intangible assets. People don't just just don't get knowledge assets. They don't understand how two kids are going to sit with a laptop 
I make a million dollars. It don't make no kind of sense. Yeah. Okay. What's got to happen is I've got to see physical goods. You're going to buy it from China. We're going to sell it in there. And we're going to make a heap load of money. Or I'm going to build a property. It's not, there are investors where, you know, that are building, putting infrastructure and everything else. But when it comes to service oriented, like software as a service, what's that? Mm-hmm. You know, e-commerce, you know. Uh, but when things are starting to hit, like right hailing is hitting, like e-health is in your face. And you can see what's happened with uh, communication, event communications, um, people are starting to stand up and take notice. What trends are exciting you today? Um, Co-investment. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, hunting in packs digitally, and it excites me no end. Uh, Earlier in the year, we created the Diaspora Angel Network, which is run by Jared and Isabel Olisa Asher in London, here in London in the UK. Um, and what it does is it co-invests with the angel networks we, you talked about earlier uh, yeah. across uh, across the continent. And they've already done a couple of deals. So I'm quite excited about the fact that they've done deals with Kenya. They've done deals with Lagos just to prove, you know, that uh, things are going on. So I'm quite excited about, about that. And it's the fact that these deals are cross-network deals that we hadn't historically seen. So we've got the Lagos Angels investing with the South Southeast Angels because Dan's there with them too. And then Rising Tide, the Women Only Network is joining in on the fray. And so we're doing quite some interesting deals. It's powerful. Tell, tell us about the, the genesis of ABAN and, and that whole Ooh. creation. Well, what had happened was uh, through an all boys network, we started the Lagos Angel Network in 2012. Um, and yes, it is true. The chairman and I went to the same secondary school. So, but that's the reality of Lagos Angels. Um, and we'd had some interactions with Ben White and the VCFA team, um, and we'd done some things together. There, one of them was bringing early stage investors together. ACES, the African Early Stage Investment Summit. So we'd done the first two when this man showed up. Um, called by Basal Tuntash, um, who was the vice president of the European Business Angel Network. And he had an invitation from somebody I now call my big sister. Her name's Candice Johnson, who at that time was the president of the European Business Angel Network. And it was an invitation to join them for slush in uh, Finland, in Helsinki. So, Dr. Who's uh, the chairman and myself, and a whole bunch of us showed up in Helsinki. Yeah, 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 you know, good. Cut the long story short, it was like, you guys need, you know, a pan African business angel. Now, oh, yeah, of course, here's a paper. We taught her that, and, you know, the, yeah, 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 we know, we've seen some of the work. And, you know, so, what are you guys doing about it? Well, we've been thinking, why don't you just do it? Yeah. Uh, to cut the long story short, we went to Helsinki, a group of different, there were only five angel networks on the continent. By the time we left, um, I was president, founding president of the Africa Business Angel Network. So um, we then started work and uh, we currently have, like I said, you know, 50 networks now in 33 countries. Amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Your passion is contagious and inspiring. Um, COVID. 19. Mm-hmm. 
has rearranged everything in 2020, mm-hmm. all of us. Um, what is your biggest advice, main advice for entrepreneurs now in this climate? Hmm. How do I put this? Steady the course. Uh, if, if you're doing the right thing, then it's about value to your customers. And that's where you should get the sense from of what you should do. Okay, it's easy for investors and others to tell you what to do, but the money is coming from the customers and it's their lifestyle changes you need to watch. So it depends on what kind of solution you are providing in their lives. And that has to be consistent with the changes that everybody's ongoing. COVID has caused the death of distance. That's a positive thing because it means that we can have sessions like this, but it has also caused a significant amount of economic chaos in the physical world where um, touch and movement have become very extremely restricted to say the least. Mm-hmm. So when we look at those, then it's about where in the industry chain do you play and can you pivot to something that is emerging because there are a significant number of new opportunities that are arising um, because of the fact that we are now in restricted movement uh, situations. Your mentorship is so important. I know know a number of uh, founders and leaders. How important has mentorship been for you um, along your journey and who were some of your mentors? Well, I just talked about one of them who I call my big sister, Candice. She's always just there, you know, and she always knows who to prod, go talk to that one. You know, you should do it this way and, and what have you. Just, you know, uh, phenomenally amazing. Um, he is the quiet one. David Rose is another one um, of my mentors. He's the founder of the New York Angels. And um, he's, he's more the, the brainiac in terms of structural thinking and process of how um, a lot of this play out. So if you look at my latest thinking on valuation of African enterprise, for example, that was bouncing back and forth um, uh, with him. And yeah, then you've got people like uh, Dotton, you know, Suleiman, who is the chairman of the Lagos Angel Network, but, you know, is also the chairman of the Financial Reporting Council of Nigeria. Um and was the first, uh, he, he was the first black person to head Arthur Anderson Accenture in, in uh, West Africa. So, uh, and unfortunately he's passed on, but in blessed memory, the late Monsignor Pedro Martins, who saw me through a turbulent youth, mm-hmm. um, and without his benefaction, I would not have the privilege of having this conversation with you. Wow. Wow. As you project the next 10 years, next decade, mm-hmm. I know you're a visionary and vision is so critical um, as a founder, as a leader. Where do you see the continent in 10 years? Um, because you've seen tremendous growth over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Africa and, and the ecosystem expanding in the next 10 years? Well, the first is to think about the framework that is emerging around the continent of free trade um, agreement, um, where two things will be critical, and that is movement. Um, it will cause an interesting challenge 
because Africa is made up of cities, as you're well aware. 75 of the top 15 cities are responsible for nearly 50% of all consumption. Uh, so we're going to see Lagos, we're going to see Cairo, we're going to see Johannesburg, uh, Nairobi, Addis Ababa expand dramatically um, as the useful population take hold. Why is that? Because the kind of urban infrastructure, we're talking about smart cities, mm-hmm. uh, providing the kind of life, especially as we as renewables start to mature as, as you know, uh, possibilities. Um, and we start to put agri-tech, you know, using different aspects uh, we learn into play. Um, it, 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 the cities will become the magnets for the population growth. So uh, it is services around that uh, that I see to be very, very significant going forward. We're starting to see it in logistics. We're going to see it a lot in food. Uh, but by and large, it's all going to be about distribution. What advice would you have for your 16-year-old self? After all that you've experienced in life over the last 30-plus years of investing and seeing growth in individuals, what would you say to yourself uh, at 16, going back, what advice would you have for yourself? It's the same advice I've given my son, okay? And that is measure life not by money, but by time. Because that's what life really is. It is about how you spend the experiences. It is about the moments, the fragments, the long periods that make up your life. And the measure of your life is the improvement it has given to others that it has touched. Mm. That's, that's what I advise. Other than that, just yeah, have a great one. Wow. I, to go along with what you just said, I always share with people that if you want your dreams to be sponsored, love people. <laughs> That's all it's about. We are yeah. one. hundred percent. It's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure and honor. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Good time with the Betty and Yourself podcast today and obviously the Power of Africa. Thank you so much, sir. My pleasure and I really appreciate it. Thank you. You have a great one now. You too. Cheers. Cheers. What a fantastic conversation and a great man. I'm really grateful and honored to be a part of this special event. And I hope you were as inspired as I was by TD's story of passion, faith, and servant leadership. If you want to learn more about the amazing things that are happening to drive growth in Africa, plus get information on future events, visit EmpowerAfrica.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Michael Redd. And remember, you are the secret to your success.